It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Breaking news alert! Burke and Miz talk off-season signings. Please call the police if you see anyone suspicious not listening to this podcast. Breaking news time, and there's not a lot of breaking news, um, mostly because it's the signing of draft picks that the team just drafted. We'll be getting into who did the best, who did the worst, what picks we liked, and which picks we didn't in each round. So that'll be coming up. Uh, but this part of the offseason, there's really not a lot of like offseason moves. Um, and, you know, it's been a while for our podcast, it's been a couple weeks just because we're trying to let some of the dust settle and get enough content to do a, a solid show. and uh, But here's all the things that did happen in the last couple weeks. Uh, running back James Conner signs with the Cardinals. Really good move by the Cardinals. Now, people are kind of down on Chase Edmonds with the signing of James Conner, but I don't see it. I mean, James Conner actually averaged 4.1 yards a carry with the Steelers. They just didn't run the ball enough to basically, you know, like we were talking about um, – it, you know, in previous podcasts, the end of the season, Steelers were passing the ball like 86% of the time, which is just insane. So James Conner really wasn't getting a lot of uh, touches, and uh, he's he's a decent running back. He just can't stay healthy. So I really don't think this takes away from Chase Edmonds' potential. And if I get a shot to get him late in the third round or early fourth, I'm probably taking that because I think Chase Edmonds is going to be the main back, and James Conner is going to be the secondary piece in that offense and, you know, you talk about James Conner, again, he can't stay healthy. So even if he does end up being the starter, Chase Edmonds is probably going to be the better play because he's going to be consistently available. Uh, anyways, offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva, the former, Ar- the former Army Ranger. He signs with the Ravens, and this is bittersweet because he's going to the rival of the Steelers, and he gets to play the Steelers twice a year, so... Uh, I don't think he's an upgrade over Orlando Brown Jr., who they traded. And, you know, Alejandro Villanueva had a really rough year last year. I mean, he was a decent... Pass blocking, he was decent, but he's not much of a run blocker. That's what the Ravens like to do, so I don't really like that fit there. But um, Ravens needed to do something because Orlando Brown wanted out, and they sent him out. Offensive tackle Eric Fisher... Former number one overall pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. He signs with the Colts, and, you know, Colts need to fix up that line a little bit, especially at the tackle position. So Eric Fisher, I mean, he's not amazing, but he's solid. I mean, he's starting material. I don't, you know, so it's it's a decent signing by the Colts. I think they can, uh, you know, if they're going to use him at left tackle, I don't like that as much. I think Eric Fisher maybe would be a better right tackle, but... Who knows? He's, he's going to be in play for the, the Colts offensive line. Lions, they released running back Carrion Johnson. And we need to carry on with the wayward Johnson because he was, you know, like a second-round pick. And the fact that the Lions gave up on him already, I know he had some injury trouble as well. They tried to make him the guy last year. It didn't really work out. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson kind of took over that role. And... 
carry on Johnson, I guess, just really didn't have a, a role with the, the Lions. So he was released, and the Eagles kind of snatched him up off the street, put him in the booth, made him make hits. And this is really going to be an issue with you, Miles Sanders owners. And I say you, Miles Sanders owners, but I also have some stock in Miles Sanders in my leagues. So I really think that takes the value away from Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders, definitely, you know, he's a good running back. He can catch the ball, but I, I think, you know, they're going to use a two-headed monster with him and uh, on Johnson now. And, you know, the value on either one is going to be diminished. So the signing is good for the Eagles in depth-wise, but it's not good for fantasy football purposes. And it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Titans sign running back Brian Hill of the Falcons, the former Wyoming running back. Uh, you know, he had a couple shots to start for the Falcons and just laid eggs. Um, he's more of a complimentary piece, like a third, fourth running back. Uh, it's a depth signing. Obviously, you know, he's not going to supplant <laughs> Derrick Henry or anything. But, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's he's now a Titan. Lions sign tight end Darren Fells. And I'd like to talk about this one because Darren Fells was the best tight end for the Texans. They kept trying to use Akins, and I didn't understand it. When Fells had his opportunity, he was the more productive tight end. But now he's with the Lions. And I don't think he'll be the more productive tight end because you have a whole lot of TJ Hawkinson. And I just think the Lions are going to go more to a running style offense. And, you know, they're going to be a, a team that runs the ball and plays good defense. And that doesn't bode well for a second tight end in that offense. So Hawkinson, yeah, you got to like. Darren Fells doesn't really bring any value fantasy football wise. Bears sign uh, wide receiver Demir Bird to a one year deal. I like this signing a lot. I like Bird. I thought he had some potential. I just think he played for New England and played for Cam Newton, who couldn't get him the ball. Uh, he's a good deep threat. He saw what he was able to do with the Cardinals the year before. He went to the Patriots, so I, I think he can cause some damage with the Bears. And, you know, Justin Fields is going to be that quarterback. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to knock it because I think Justin Fields is better than Mitchell Trubisky. So... You know, Allen Robinson will finally have a quarterback that can throw to him. So I, I think the Bears' offense is going to be better with a rookie quarterback, believe it or not. And I like Demir Bird as a deep threat. I think Justin Fields can get him the ball. So uh, is he draftable? Who knows? But, you know, this is a good signing by the Bears. Team Tebow. Let's get back to our boy, Tim Tebow. He's Tebowing now with the Jaguars, going back to his old buddy, Urban Meyer, who coached him at Florida. He's going to be a tight end, though, not a quarterback, thank God, because I can't watch any more of him at quarterback. Uh, is, is he going to be a good tight end? Who knows? You know, the a couple plays where they tried to catch the ball, he wasn't very good at it, but he's had time to work on it. So uh, we'll see how that works out. The Jaguars definitely need a tight end, so there's opportunity for him there. And it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing shakes out. But, uh, you know... It's almost been, what, eight years since he's been in the league, and all of a sudden he's coming out of nowhere and going to play. It'll be, uh, I don't know, it'll be fun to see how uh, how he ends up doing. So, um, Blake Bortles, QB, you know, Jaguars, quarterback. I mean, he's played everywhere. Was with the Broncos a little bit last year. Never really played, though. He is going to the Packers, and the Packers are obviously trying to sign uh, some starting quarterbacks uh, or at least quarterbacks with starting experience because 
of the whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco. Aaron Rodgers was reported to be unhappy with the Packers, and who could blame him? Everyone thought he was unhappy with them last year when they drafted uh, Jordan Love, his potential replacement. And this year, they did kind of the same thing and didn't really uh, get anyone in the first round that was a wide receiver. And Aaron Rodgers just seems, you know, pissed and doesn't feel like he's being treated the way a star quarterback should be treated. And he doesn't feel like they're putting weapons around him. Now, I'm obviously speaking for him because he hasn't spoken publicly about it. But that's always been my take on it. And, you know, it was my take from last year. I think it just kind uh, kind of blew up even worse this year because of, uh, you know, the, the, the Packers and their reluctance to put weapons around Aaron Rodgers. Um, he wants to go to the 49ers, because obviously he's from Northern California, or the Denver Broncos. And, my God, if he went to the Denver Broncos, that would be a thrill with that uh, the weapons that they have there. So, we'll see what happens with the Aaron Rodgers saga. He might be traded before the year starts. He might be traded during the year. Who knows, depending on if he decides to play or not. It's been reports that he might not even show up. So it's definitely some drama that we need to watch and pay attention to. And uh, depending on how that shakes out, Aaron Rodgers could be a good decision on maybe you know a late-round pick or you know, if that's already shaken out and he's with the Broncos or something, he will probably be one of the uh, top quarterbacks. So... Uh, definitely want to monitor that situation. Ryan Kerrigan, defensive end of the Washington football team. Really, you know, he's been in the league a while, so he was really playing a complimentary role in that defense, even though he was still a solid player. Now he's going to the Eagles, so he'll be a Philadelphia Eagle, and, you know, he'll be probably in the same type of role there, still be a decent player and uh, make the Eagles defense a little bit better. The, the biggest news outside of the Aaron Rodgers stuff is Jawan James, the tackle for the Broncos, tore his ACL, and that was, you know, he just opted out for COVID. I mean, he played like 60-something snaps, so Jawan James has just been, I don't know, just robbing the Denver Broncos. And I get he's been injured, and, you know, he was scared of COVID, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I've never seen a guy try harder not to play football and make money off of it than Jawan James. So Broncos released him, aren't paying him. It's going to go to the NFL Players Association because then the Broncos did a similar thing because these injuries happened off-site because team or players are trying to not do the off-season workouts with the team. So the teams are trying to uh, circumvent that by saying, well, if you get hurt, then we're not responsible for your injuries. And Deshaun Hamilton, the wide receiver for the Broncos, he tore his ACL off-site. They did the same thing to him. They cut him. He's a a, a free agent, but obviously with an ACL injury, he's not going to be able to uh, sign anywhere this year. And that is the business the Broncos are doing right now. And a lot of people aren't okay with it, thinking that uh, the Broncos are playing dirty. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle. It's like, you know, that was part of the agreement with the NFL Players Association. So if they're going to break that, then the, you know, NFL, uh, you know, the NFL and then the NFL teams are going to show that, uh, you know, that they mean business and they're not going to put up with it. And so they're going to do some shady stuff like the Broncos are doing. And that's just... uh, part of the business and you know people are going to be bouncing on the player side or the you know the league side regardless it doesn't matter what side you're on it's it's 
shady by the the uh, the Broncos. It's uh, unfortunate for the players. The players, you know, do have that agreement, so maybe they should just show up if they're, you know, having an opportunity to to be in the NFL and make that type of money. But it, it doesn't matter. It's uh, it's just you know, opinions don't matter. It, it's probably going to uh, escalate a little bit more before it gets settled, and it, that will be interesting to watch as well. So, there you have it. Breaking news. Good times. Let's move on to the NFL draft review. It's time for Ms. the Wiz Montalban NFL Draft Review. Now, this is everyone's favorite part of the year. It's the draft, and it's finally over. And this is usually a little bit late, kind of talking about the draft, but I don't really want to get into dynasty leagues and who you know who should be drafted where quite yet. I like to see uh, where you know offseason moves. Sometimes a uh, team will sign somebody that's pretty prevalent that makes the uh, rookie not so prevalent. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that on, on our next podcast that uh, does settle a little bit. I just want to kind of review the draft and, and talk about that because you know some teams really nailed the draft. You know, Denver Broncos. Great draft. They did a great job. Filled their needs. You know, the Chiefs, I really like what they did with their offensive line. I feel like it's a big upgrade. The rookies that they got in. Um, Creed Humphrey at center, second round. I mean, that's, I feel like, a steal. And uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I felt like the Cleveland Browns finally are doing what they need to do. They've always been notoriously bad drafting team, especially in that first round. And I felt like they nailed this draft. And... Um, yeah, so we will see. Uh, I didn't like the Steelers draft. I felt like they reached for some players. Obviously, the Steelers know what they're doing most of the time, so, you know, you can say that, and uh, it'll usually turn out pretty well. But uh, Los Angeles Rams, we'll get into that. Didn't really feel like they had a, a really good draft. And uh, um, I, I just... I know they didn't have a first-round pick, but the, the the players that they did get, I, I just felt like they reached big time for, and it's players that they could have got later in the draft when they did draft them, and there's some better players I felt available, and, and we'll get into all this as we go through the best and the worst picks of the draft, but uh, that's my initial, uh, I guess, assessment of it. Um, I, I, You know, Jets, they got Zach Wilson. You knew that's who they were going to get. I don't like that pick. The Bears. I thought the Bears had a really great draft. I mean, getting Justin Fields in the first, I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft, and he got him at the 11th overall pick. You know, they didn't trade up for Mitchell Trubisky. They stayed and got Justin Fields, and I think that uh, the Bears finally got their guy. Uh, the Bears, you know, you look through uh, throughout history, and they really haven't had any quarterbacks. I mean, Jim McMahon was won a Super Bowl, but was he a great quarterback? Uh, he really wasn't. So Justin Fields might potentially be the best quarterback that they've had. Now, I'm reaching a little bit because, you know, he hasn't even played a snap yet, but I really like that. And then to get Tevin J uh, Jenkins in the second round, it just, uh, I thought he was a first-round pick. So they essentially got two first-round picks. And I just, I, I like what they did there, showing up that line. 
So Bears, you know, Browns, Chiefs, I, I like what you guys did. Broncos, I, I like those drafts. So let's get right into it. First round, picks I liked, picks I didn't like. Uh, Falcons, Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst isn't the answer at tight end. He's an okay tight end, but Kyle Pitts is a difference maker. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have a great rookie year because there hasn't been a tight end forever who's had a great rookie year. But uh, I think, you know, you line him up in the slot and he potentially could be a dangerous weapon for them. And, you know, he can start getting the volume that uh, Austin Hooper had and actually be more productive because he's more athletic and a bigger playmaker. So getting him fourth overall, I thought the Falcons might trade that pick for a team that needed a quarterback. They didn't, and they ended up getting one of the best players in the draft. So I really like that pick. Justin Fields already talked about 11 to the Bears, best quarterback in the draft, getting him at 11. Just kind of fell into their, into their lap. And, yeah, I know they traded up for him, but uh, it was, yeah, it was a good pick. And it was one that uh, could be a difference maker for the franchise. And then I really like, you know, two picks later from Justin Fields, Rashawn Slater for Northwestern. He got picked by the Chargers at 13. Really like that. He could play anywhere on the line, really versatile. Justin Herbert really needs some offensive line help. And I thought they got one of the best linemen in the draft at 13. So I really, really, really like that pick. Picks I didn't like in the first round. Uh, Mac Jones, Alabama, New England at 15. I know everyone in New England was ecstatic that he lasted till 15 and he was available. And he was the last first-round quarterback. And I just don't think he's a first-round quarterback. I mean, he's more of like a third-round quarterback watching him uh, from his tape. And I don't know where this first-round grade came from. I, I just, you know, I get it. What You know, New England needed a quarterback. I actually picked Mac Jones to go to New England, and that's where he went. But I just don't like the pick. I, I don't think that he's a first-round talent. Um, Jalen Phillips for the Miami Dolphins at 18. I like Jalen Phillips. I feel like he could potentially be the best edge rusher in this draft and could be a, a, a good playmaker for years to come. But then he has those injuries, you know, that concussion history where he got kicked out of UCLA. Played that year in Miami, did really well. So he's talented, but he's also a high risk. And getting him at 18 is just too high of a risk for me. I want a sure thing, and I don't feel like Jalen Phillips is that guy. You know, he could be out of the league just as quickly as he could be a star with that injury history. So a uh, little scary and a big risk for Miami at 18. And then Adafi Owe, Owe from Penn State. Uh, Baltimore drafted him at number 31. This is a guy that didn't have a sack all year. And, you know, he ran a really good 40 time in the, uh, uh, the Penn State Pro Day. And great. That's great. He ran a good time. He was fast, but he hasn't shown production in uh, in the college level. So now you're expecting him to be productive at the NFL level. I just am not sure that this is the pick that Bal you know Baltimore needed an edge guy. Just not sure that they should have uh, reached for OA. I think they could have done a little bit better. Uh, Jari from uh, Georgia, I think, would have been the better pick. But uh, here we are, and uh, it's a, just a pick I, I wasn't too fond of. Moving into the second round, uh, Javante Williams, North Carolina running back, Denver Broncos. To get him in the second round, is I, I feel like he's a first-round talent. He potentially could be the best back in the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't worry about Melvin Gordon. 
I, I think Javante Williams is an instant day one starter and someone that you need to monitor for your dynasty drafts that we'll get into next week. But, man, third pick in the second round, great value. Uh, Broncos traded up for him, and that's a good trade-up. I, I think he's going to be really productive, and the Broncos finally have their, their running back. Uh, Rondell Moore from Purdue. I really like him. I think he's a great wide receiver. He started losing some steam towards, you know, as it got closer to the draft. And Arizona was able to pluck him with the 17th pick in the second round. Really like that pick. I mean, for him to last to the 17th pick in the second round. I mean, with Hopkins and Kirk, I I just feel like, you know, uh, Isabella. I feel like Rondell Moore is going to fit into that offense perfectly and be a big playmaker for the Cardinals. So you put him with uh, Kyler Murray. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to watch this offense. And then the next one is picked by the Giants, uh, Azari Ajilari from Georgia, kind of like the uh, – I already kind of talked about him. 18th in the second round, that's a steal. I think he's a first-round linebacker, best edge rusher in the draft. And the Giants are going to have their guy – uh, well, have a really decent uh, defensive uh, playmaker. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite picks in the second round. Second round picks I didn't like very much. Cornerback Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. Dallas got him 12th uh, with the 12th pick in the second round. I, I don't mind Kelvin Joseph. I just – way too early. I thought he could be like a fourth, fifth-round talent, and they reached in the second round for him. And there are some guys, uh, quarterbacks, that I I thought should have, you know, that they could have got that were higher ranked. And, I mean, Dallas doesn't do a great job drafting quarterbacks, even when they draft them high. So it makes me question this pick on whether Joseph's going to be contributing to Dallas. But I'm not a big fan of of that pick. And then the Rams, 25 overall. They got a receiver, 2-2 Atwell. Uh, He's just so small. He's going to be in the slot. Great. You already have Cooper Cup there. Uh, Tutu just—he's he, like what five six, five seven, and uh, I don't know. I, there's other receivers on the board uh, that I thought would have been better picks. Uh, Terrace Marshall, I think, was one, and I don't—I don't know what the Rams are doing. <laughs> they drafted a couple. You know, we'll get back to it too. And I think it's another receiver later on in the draft, but um, I, I just don't see how they. He kind of fits in that offense with what they have, and I'm not a big fan of that pick. And then Kyle Trask from Florida. Tampa Bay got him with the 32nd pick in the second round, 64 overall. I'm not a big Kyle Trask guy in general. I just think he's overhyped. I don't think he's – I think he's a late-round quarterback. They draft him in the second round, and, and I get it. You need to start finding a replacement for Tom Brady. But I don't think Kyle Trask is it. And I – you know, I like Jamie Newman. I, I've – Say, I've been saying it on other podcasts. He wasn't even drafted, and I think that's because of the time away he had for those two years, but I would much rather take a chance on him than reach for Kyle Trask in the second round. Just uh, not sure uh, Tampa Bay's thinking on that one. Number In the third round, the picks I liked, number one, Spencer Brown. Buffalo got him with the 30th pick in 93 overall. Offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Big offensive tackle. Really like his potential. I think he could potentially be one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. And to get him in the third round, especially at the end, is just a great deal. And 
Buffalo, you know, they uh, I, I, they continue to draft well. I like what they're doing, and it makes sense. Uh, another pick, it's going to be another Denver Broncos pick, Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater, kind of a guard center combo. They got him with the 35th pick in the third round, 98th overall. I thought he should have went higher. Really liked what he did at his pro day. I really like, you know, senior bowl performance. Really feel like he's, you know, he's he's up there with the uh, the other guys. And some teams drafted other guys uh, higher than him. And I potentially feel like he could be a steal uh, with that pick. And then Elijah Molden, the cornerback from Washington. Tennessee got him 37th pick in the third round, 100th overall. I like Molden a lot. He can play in the slot, kind of beat guys up. He's a, he's a big cornerback and he's he's good I just I like him a lot and I like his physicality and I think he fits in that Tennessee uh, defense really well and he's going to be a difference maker third round picks I didn't really like uh, number one another quarterback happens to be almost like you know two picks after the Trask pick Kellen Mond Texas A&M uh, Minnesota Vikings got him uh, the 66th overall pick just felt like they reached for him you know, he had a great senior bowl performance, was MVP, but I didn't see anything in his tape that made me feel like he's that accurate and can make NFL throws. So I really feel like they reached there, and it wasn't uh, wasn't a pick that I was really fond of. And then here's another team that I didn't mention, but I thought I had a horrible draft, and it's the Houston Texans. Like, I don't know what the Houston Texans are doing. I don't ever know what they're doing when they're drafting or picking up free agents or trading. Um, it's kind of a new regime a little bit but still same results in my opinion they traded up for a wide receiver nico collins from michigan and this isn't a knock on nico collins but again i felt like he was overdrafted and to trade up for him uh, i mean i felt like they could have stayed where they were and got him just really didn't like that pick and then the rams again we're gonna have a lot of rams because i really thought they had the worst draft in the uh in the whole entire draft but they got linebacker ernest jones from south carolina 40th pick in the third round, 103rd overall, and I, why? I mean, again, he was a guy that you could have got later. Felt like they reached for him in the third round, just a guy that they wanted. They picked him. Um, we'll see how productive he is, but didn't really like that pick. Uh, fourth round picks, picks that I really liked. Uh, defensive tackle, Tyler Shelvin, LSU. Cincinnati got him at the 17th pick in the fourth round, 122nd overall. I like Shelvin a lot. I just felt like he's a great defensive tackle, could be a difference maker, uh, could be a starter from day one. To get him in the fourth round is a bargain. So good job, Bengals, on this pick. Wide receiver Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Baltimore got him with the 26th overall pick, or 26th pick in the fourth round, 131st overall. Tylen Wallace really fell, and I was surprised by that. I thought he was a second-round talent. You know, Tutu Atwell should have been picked over him. Uh, there's there's a lot of guys that shouldn't have picked over Tylen Wallace. I, I really like his talent. So if, to get him in the fourth round, the Ravens really got a steal. I actually like uh, thinking he can be more productive than Bateman, and that's not saying anything uh, bad about Bateman. It's just the Ravens have really – they don't use their receivers. So for them to get Bateman and Wallace, it could be – kind of a bane in regards to dynasty drafts and just fantasy football drafts because there's these two talented guys that the Ravens aren't going to be able to use. Um, and history, you know, 
is on our side on that. It's been over two decades bef uh, that a re receivers even came into the top 20, I think, for the, the Ravens. They just don't use them. And um, it's, they got some talented ones, so let's hopefully that changes. Edge rusher, Janarius Robinson from Florida State. Minnesota got him with the 29th pick in the fourth round, 134th overall. Really like this guy. He's probably my second favorite edge rusher. Just, I like his effort. Uh, I think he's talented and athletic. He's a great specimen. And uh, I, I just to get him in the fourth round, I, I think is a great deal for the Vikings. And I'm just a big fan of his watching his tape. I, I thought he, you know, for a bad Florida State team, he was one of their bright spots. Fourth round picks I didn't like. Uh, edge guy Ellerson G. Smith from Northern Iowa. Giants get him at, you know, 11th overall, 116th pick. And I just felt like he was underwhelming. He played at a smaller school. Didn't feel like he dominated as much as he should. A lot of holes in his game. Definitely a project. Uh, I felt like he could have went a lot later. And uh, the Giants kind of drafted him a little bit higher than I would have. Tight end John Bates from Boise State. Uh, Washington football team got him with the 19th pick in the fourth round, 124th overall. Don't like John Bates. I mean, he's a great blocking tight end, but uh, again, I felt like he's overdrafted. Could have got him later. There's other blocking tight ends that you could have got later that were just the same as John Bates. So I don't know what they saw in him, but uh, I didn't like this pick. And then Cardinals, you know, I, another pick, I, you know, I like the Rondell Moore pick, this Marco Wilson, cornerback from Florida, got him 31st overall in the fourth round, 136th overall, I, I just don't like Marco Wilson, I felt like he was the one guy on Florida's secondary that uh, was kind of leaky, gave up a lot of big plays, and uh, there's better cornerback options in the fourth round than getting Marco Wilson there. So I, I wasn't a fan of that pick at all. Moving on to the fifth round. Uh, tight end, Brevin Jordan, Miami, Florida. Houston got him with the third pick in the fifth round, 147th overall. I like this pick a lot. Like I said, I didn't like Houston's draft. This is the one pick that I felt like Houston kind of nailed. They, you know, they had Jordan Aikens. He's not going to be there. Fells signed somewhere else. Um, to the Lions, actually. And Brevin Jordan might be a starter day one. And, again, t rookie tight ends don't do a lot, but to get uh, a Brevin Jordan type in the fifth round that could potentially be a starter is a great pick, and I was really uh, big on that one. Uh, the next two guys are actually uh, defensive tackles, but the first one's Davion Nixon from Iowa. I thought he was a second-round pick, and the Carolina Panthers got him with the 14th pick in the fifth round, 158th overall. That's just a steal. Again, I thought he was a second-round pick. Like his effort, liked his playmaking ability, and he's he's really good. I think he could be a day-one starter. So to get him in the fifth round, great pick. And then defensive tackle to Daryl Slayton from Florida. Green Bay got him with the 29th pick in the fifth round, 173 overall. I thought Slayton was really underrated. A lot of people, or not enough people were talking about him. Just a solid guy, not flashy, just gets the job done. And uh, Green Bay did really well to get him with, uh, you know, that late in the draft, especially in the fifth round. So um, I really like that pick. 
Picks I didn't like in the fifth round. The first pick in the fifth round, tight end Luke Farrow, Ohio State, 145th overall. Again, a blocking tight end. Jacksonville really needed a tight end, and Luke Farrell isn't it. He's going to be a secondary piece. And I get it. In the fifth round, you're probably going to look for the secondary pieces. It's You're not looking for starters in the fifth round. But, uh, again, I felt like it was like a John Bates-type pick where, you know, he's a blocking tight end. There was a lot of them available that you could have got later uh, to get Luke Farrell there. It's, I don't know. I, I wasn't impressed with that pick. Next one. Offensive tackle Jalen Moore, Western Michigan. Uh, San Francisco got him 11th over, well, the 11th pick in the fifth round, 155th overall. I thought he was the worst offensive tackle that I've seen on tape in this draft. Not a big fan of his. Didn't see why people were raving about him. And uh, I had him as undraftable, and 49ers got him in the fifth round. And then defensive end Isaiah Loudermilk, Wisconsin. Pittsburgh traded up to the 12th uh, pick in the fifth round, 156 overall. And I'm not saying he's going to be bad. Steelers do a pretty good job of getting their 3-4 defensive ends. But they traded a fourth-round pick next year for this fifth-round pick. And I'm not sure Isaiah Loudermilk did enough at Wisconsin to deem them trading up. I think they could have stayed where they were or traded a you know a sixth round pick and got him in the sixth round could have got him in the seventh round I just feel like he was going to be a late round pick that they kind of reach for a little bit too high and just going to be a guy like a depth guy so it's really tough to give up future draft picks for a depth guy but uh that's what they did and uh I just wasn't a fan of it picks that I really liked in the sixth round uh center Trey Hill from Georgia Cincinnati got him with the sixth overall pick in the sixth round, 190th overall. Trey Hill to me, I you know, he has a little bit of injury history, but I think he's he's definitely a project, but he has a lot of talent. I like his athleticism. I think he's good. And I think he's a steal in the sixth round. I really liked it. And then wide receiver Shy Smith from South Carolina. Carolina got him with a twentieth overall pick in the sixth round, two hundred and fourth overall. I really like it. I like Shai Smith from South Carolina. I think he's a, a great wide receiver. He can do everything, you know, those, those wide receiver screens, reverses, jet sweeps, all those type of things. I think Shai Smith's a good wide receiver for that. And um, he's definitely, I think, a guy that in the sixth round, you, you definitely, you know, you're looking for depth and, like, projects. Shai Smith can be way more than that. And I, I just really, really like that pick. Guard Trey Smith from Tennessee. Kansas City got him 42, uh, you know, 42nd pick in the sixth round, 226th overall. Trey Smith, to me, was one of the best guards, like just pure guards. And I thought he was a second-round pick. Chiefs got him in the sixth round, put Smith with Humphreys for the future. Really like that. And it's, you know, Kansas City really wanted to work on their line, and they did it. Uh, big fan of the Trey Smith pick, and I thought it was actually the best pick of the sixth round. Sixth round picks I didn't like. Roy Lopez, defensive tackle from Arizona. Houston, 11th pick in the sixth round, 195th overall. Roy Lopez is just really a guy. Just a guy. Not uh, He could have been an undrafted free agent. Not, uh, not sure why Houston drafted him. And... Uh, 
it wasn't on anyone's radar. I mean, maybe they see something in him that no one else does, but I don't mean to rip on poor Roy, but I, I just don't see why he was uh, he was drafted. And then wide receiver Jalen Camp from Georgia Tech by Jacksonville, 25th overall in the sixth round, 209th overall. I Again, wide receiver was deep, and Jalen Camp, I don't feel like, was a draftable receiver. thought he was a free agent, so I wasn't a big fan of that pick. And then the long snapper, Cameron Cheeseman from Michigan. Not ripping on long snappers, but I don't like when any team drafts a long snapper. And if you're going to draft a long snapper, draft the best one. There was already one drafted, and so go for Cameron Cheeseman. Um, Washington football team with uh, 41st pick in the sixth round, 225th overall. Yeah. I just I, I wasn't a fan of this pick, and could have got him a you know long snapper as a free agent. Uh, anytime you draft a long snapper, just uh, it makes me uh, I don't know. I, I, there's always competition in camp from guys. Long snappers are a dime a dozen, and you, when you don't get the best one, I just don't feel like they're good picks. So, moving on to the top picks I liked in the seventh round. Uh, this is one of my, well, I have two favorites, but this is probably my favorite. Edge, Patrick Johnson from Tulane. Philadelphia got him with a sixth pick in the seventh round, 234th overall. I love Patrick Johnson. I think he's a great edge guy. Should have been drafted much higher. Really like his tape. Really, you know, could be a keeper. I, I think he should make the team. So to get a guy that should make the team in the seventh round is a great value for Philadelphia. And I think he has a lot of potential. He's definitely a project, but he's one that uh, is worth you know, like I said, seven-round pick, take him, great talent. It was, you know, great job. Next one is by Pittsburgh, punter Presley Harvin III from Georgia Tech. Drafted him 27th overall in the seventh round, 254th. Basically, this is the end of the draft. You know, when you're this far and you're at the end of the draft and you draft the best punter who won a Ray Guy Award, you need a punter. You know, you're probably drafting a guy that's not going to make the team or be on the practice squad. You drafted someone that can make a big impact on the game. Granted, it's not a sexy pick. Nobody likes when people draft punters, but they're field, uh, you know, field uh, changers. They, they change the field, you know. Uh, pin people deep into uh, into their own territory. You know, you, you watch Hecker from the Rams. Uh, uh, Dixon. Dixon's a great punter. Uh, when you get a game changer like that and he's available in the seventh round, you draft him and he's definitely better than any value. So uh, you get a field flipper like that that can flip the field, and uh, you flip it, and you get guys that can flip it. So running back Kylan Hill, Mississippi State, really, really like this pick. I like Kylan Hill a lot. He was in a situation, you know, I talked about him in my podcast before, but he was in a situation where he went into uh, – you know, Leach's offense where it was pass happy, where they don't run the ball. And he was a running back. He wasn't much of a pass catcher. And he did really well catching the ball. And he was still a good runner. He just didn't have the stats because they didn't run it. So Green Bay got him with a 29th pick in the seventh round, 256th overall. I think he's a steal. And when you already have Aaron Jones on your team and you have A.J. Dillon, uh, I mean, having Kylan Hill as maybe your third, fourth guy is phenomenal and I think he can be more than that he can develop into more than that so I am a big fan of this pick I really like Kylan Hill and I think he was undervalued coming into the draft and teams are going to regret not picking him but the uh, Packers won't regret it they'll they'll have him on their team and he'll be great depth Uh, 
Seventh round picks I didn't like. Obviously, you've drawn straws because they're seventh round picks. Most of these guys won't make it, or they'll be practice squad guys. But uh, defensive tackle Phil Hoskins from Kentucky. Uh, Carolina got him with the fourth pick in the seventh round, 232nd overall. I, I just don't like Phil Hoskins. I, I don't feel like he did anything to be drafted. Wasn't on in my radar at whatsoever. And uh, I, I just it wasn't a pick that I was fond of, and I'm sure a lot of people weren't very fond of. Uh, guard Matt uh, Farniuk from Nebraska. Dallas got him with the 10th pick in the seventh round, 238th overall. Uh, another guy that uh, you didn't hear much about. I felt like he was undrafted free agent type. Just wasn't a big fan of this pick. Uh, Dallas in general, I, I didn't like their draft overall. Felt like they uh, didn't know what they were doing, to be honest. Um, really reached for guys, and some of the guys they got were kind of head scratchers, and this was one of them. And then, last but not least, wide receiver Ben Skoronek from Notre Dame. Rams, 22nd overall in the seventh round, uh, 249th pick in the draft. Again, he's going to be the special teams player, and they were probably drafting him for that. He might not even make the team, to be honest. But I uh, just felt like it was a throwaway pick. It, you know, there was other receivers that probably could have contributed. And he's tall. He's a big body for a receiver. Definitely special teams material. But uh, I, he could have been undrafted free agent. And I, I felt like they could have done better there to, to get him. I just... Again, I, I guess I'm just down on the Rams draft and, and didn't like any, uh, anything they did. So I'm, I'm kind of rubbing salt in the wound by just picking Rams. But those are ones that stood out to me that I really didn't like by them. And I felt like they had the worst draft. So I'm throwing them in there. And that's just the way it goes. So that about does it for my draft gems that I really liked. My draft busts I didn't like. We'll see how it transpires. Again, you don't know till like three years down the line. But um this is my initial reaction from watching the draft and going over the picks and where they were drafted and what I th what I felt were the uh, strongest ones and, and the weakest ones in, in each round. So uh, let's uh, move right along. Well, that does it today for the Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. We appreciate you listening. Follow us, Spotify, Google, Apple, all podcast applications. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back at it next time to go over Dynasty drafts, you know, rookies, where they should go, where you should be getting those guys and nabbing them. Um, and, yeah, there's some intriguing options. And some of them are people that you might not expect, but... Uh, We'll get into that, and uh, can't wait, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Later. <laughs>